0: Good morning. Steve has asked me to read from the book of Colossians this morning, chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. I added one, Steve. But uh, before we read that, uh, would you bow with me as we have a word of prayer? Father, we thank you that you've granted us opportunity and privilege to gather together to remember who you are and who you have made each of us. Father, we're thankful that uh, we have such privileges and we recognize that those are bestowed upon us by a loving father, somebody who cares so greatly for us that uh, you bought us back with your very own son. Father, as we hear a word from uh, your uh, word this day, we ask that you would bless us that we would hear uh, and accept willingly uh, the wisdom and understanding that is always revealed in your word help us to understand it and more so we pray your help in putting it into practice father we ask that you would forgive us our shortcomings we know there are many and father uh, we ask that you would keep the evil one far from us and father he is oftentimes so powerful but let us not uh, ever lose sight of the fact that through jesus we can conquer all things Father, bless us at this time as we receive instruction, and again, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Colossians, picking up in verse 15 of chapter 1, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation.
1: Good morning. I am on. Okay, I wasn't. And I switch the thing on and then I forget, okay, is that on or off? But I'm on. Hello. The preaching bandit is here today. The only thing I'll rob you of is your sanity. See, the jokes are bad when I'm not wearing the mask, but when I'm not wearing the mask, I can give you guys a signal, that's me being funny, and then you guys give me a courtesy laugh. I feel like that, that process is broken right now. <laughs> wow. Brutal. Oh, there we go. Maybe I should switch to the face shield. It's all right. I'll stay the preaching bandit. Okay. Um, I thought, because I'm, I uh, am crazy... That on Christmas week, we would have a Christmas sermon. That's the inventive kind of person I am. That's the change I'm bringing here to the LaGrange Church of Christ. That kind of forward thinking. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, give me the face shield, honey. It's going to be a little more interactive today. Because I know I picked the wrong time to do that. There we go. Now you can see this. You're happy about that, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Um, And as Jim was mentioning, it was a really strange and wonderful funeral yesterday for a man and a woman who lived their life for God, and the peace and joy they gave to their children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, everybody that loved them, was an amazing thing to see. It was a, It's weird that it's a joyous occasion at a funeral, but that's not because we're not sad, and that actually ties into today's lesson. Mm. I'm also, because I have a head the size of a small moon, this is actually a little bit tight on me. I think that's as big as it goes. I'll, I'll, that's, okay, that's too far. We'll get through this together as a family, amen? There we go. Jennifer is laughing and pointing at me, but that's not unusual for our family. Anyway, um, this morning I want to ask all of you, and especially you kids, this is normally where you tune me out. Don't tune out just yet, because I want to ask you kids especially, what is Christmas? And we celebrate Christmas, and that's a typical thing for a preacher to do, is talk about, well, you know, Jesus is the reason behind the season. okay. Um, Kind of, but I kind of want to go a level deeper than that. So I want to ask you, what is Christmas? Is it about uh, baby Jesus in a barn? Is it about uh, fancy lights? Who loves electricity? I could drive by electricity all day. That never gets old. All right. Um, Let me ask a kid, and hopefully not one of my kids, what is Christmas? Some kid, raise your hand, tell me what Christmas is. We have a hand raised over here. What is Christmas? It's about being with your family. Okay, that is a really good part about Christmas. It really is. As long as you get to pick which family. You know, because that can be a blessing and a burden. That's pretty good. It's about being with family. What's your name, little boy? Hi, AJ. Thank you for coming this morning and speaking up like a big boy. It's about the loot. Now, see, that's the first. That's an honest answer. My daughter had her hand raised, but as usual, I'm going to ignore her. (laughs) <laughs> A pagan, uh, did your dad feed you that one? No, oh, Okay, well, I'm proud of you. Yes, it's the Sol Invictus. Yes, we're celebrating the, uh, the resurrection of Mother Nature. That's, that is why it's held this time of year, by the way. The, the, the Catholic Church, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, 1500 years ago or, or, or more decided you know what we can't get these people to stop <laughs> celebrating the soul invictus <laughs> the the returning of mother Earth to come replenish the land so how about we just make that into celebrating celebrate instead of celebrating the return of the Sun which is what it is how about we make it return of the Sun huh that's a good pun and that'll stick and it did stick. And that's why we have Christmas. But it is worth celebrating Jesus' birth. All right, your arm is going to turn white and fall off if I don't call, answer you. Call on you. What's your name, little girl? You don't know my name? Oh, okay. Um, it's about giving. Oh, it's about giving. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> That's my sandbag and daughter. Just like her dad acts like a goofball and then says something you weren't expecting. What's Christmas about? Yeah, okay. There's there's no wrong answer to that, right? Because God didn't ordain that we celebrate Jesus' birth once a year. God did ordain that we celebrate Jesus' life and His obedience every week, which we just did. And that was our sermon last week, right? Talking about what that means and the the changes it makes to me as a person to, to observe that sacrament. Yeah, so we're not really commanded to celebrate Christmas, and it's not, so therefore, there's no wrong answer, but I appreciate the honest answer from a little kid over there named AJ, who said it's about the loot. And little kids, I don't care what you say, what you're excited about is the loot. Admit it. They're admitting nothing, they know. But it really is, at least when I was a kid, maybe I'm more materialistic. Actually, I've heard my children talk about it. I can't wait for Christmas and we get to open presents. Yeah, see? Now they're admitting it. And you know what? In a way, opening presents on Christmas is oddly a weird way, but an accurate way to celebrate what God does for us. We, When I was a little kid... I got really excited about my presence. I remember when I was six and my parents bought me the six million dollar man action figure. So excited, I thought I was gonna pass out. It was the greatest day of my life. I don't care what happens after this. I've achieved this moment. I'm so happy. Okay, that didn't last, obviously. But the truth of the matter is we should celebrate Um, Christ's birth on this earth. But in order to do that, we have to give a little context. So I'm not saying, you know, we're not commanded to celebrate Christmas. It is just syncretism with the Sol Invictus. But there's also a good impulse in there because it does make us think differently in December, doesn't it? Think more about kindness. Think more about giving. Think more about family. Think more about sharing joy with people we love. And that, as far as I'm concerned, is all good. But I think we can take it a step further to really look at why Christmas is great. Like I remember seeing all those all those songs when I was a little kid. And, um, you know, we'd have the Christmas pageants and whatnot, and we'd sing, you know, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And then we sang something about happy birthday, baby Jesus. Just... Weird songs like that. But if you had asked nine-year-old me, so why are you so happy about Jesus being born? And I'd be like, ah, because? Because He saves us? Maybe? I mean, that's what I've been... But even as an adult, why should you be excited that Jesus was born? Is it really something worth commemorating, I submit to you that it is. it is. But to get there, we're going to have to go a little bit deeper. And this is for the kids and the adults. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of bad things in this world. There are mean people. There are diseases. There's death. And even though we celebrate a life, we're still hurt by the death. In Jesus, hopefully we have the maturity to know that for those who believe in His name, it's not really death, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. This world is full of joy and sadness. But that's not the way it was supposed to be. Little kids again... When God created men, where did men and women live? Raise your hand. Where did men and women live? What's that? Garden of Eden, that's correct. Sorry, I've got so much apparatus on my head. That Yeah, that's correct, the Garden of Eden. And what, what was the Garden of Eden about? What was good about the Garden of Eden? Any little kid. Not you, little AJ, you've already answered. What was good about the Garden of Eden? All right. I will there we go. Yeah, they had everything they, that's a great answer. They had everything they ever needed. They could speak with God. Did they get sick? No. Did people die and they hold funerals? Did they have to get up for school in the morning when it's snowing? Did they have to walk for miles and miles? Doesn't say. You know what? You're not a little boy. So you can pipe down. Alright. The point is, when God made the earth, he made it perfect. Perfect. And it is perfect, except the people he created decided, you know what, we don't, we appreciate you giving us all this stuff, but we want to be in charge. And for any kid that wants to be in charge, well, the downside of being in charge is. The people in charge are the ones taking care of you, making you safe, giving you, as he said, everything you need, making sure everything works out okay. And the man and the woman who were in the Garden of Eden decided: you know what? We love everything you've done, but we don't like a couple of the things you told us. Matter of fact, we like, we don't like one thing you told us. The one rule you gave us, we don't like having rules. And so, we're not going to follow that rule. And so, rebelling against God, they lost their protection. And every other adult since that time has made the same decision. That I want to be in charge. I don't like your rule. I only follow the rules I like. And because of that... We can't live in God's perfect world because we choose to be our own boss, our own daddy, our own king. So, one of the downsides of doing that is that we end up hurting other people. You know what? If everybody just did what God said, no one would get hurt. You may think telling a little lie or doing the thing that you know you're not supposed to do. It's not a big deal, but the cumulative action of billions of people all making little decisions to disobey God gets us in the predicament we're in. Where there's pain and suffering and death. Put that mask back on, boy. Okay. And so... What do we do about this? Well, God doesn't like for people to disobey Him, but even more than that, He doesn't like for the people He created to be hurt by other people He created. And every time we do something that's different than what God wants us to do, we hurt somebody. God doesn't like for you to be hurt. He doesn't like for you to be hurt. He doesn't like for you to be hurt. So what is He supposed to do about that? But also... You've been doing some hurting of other people yourself. So what does God do with this? Well, he could just destroy the world. And he got so tired of of people hurting each other that at one point he did to determine did determine to destroy the world. What was that? What was it? The flood. But He saved Noah and his family. So what does God do? Destroy the world again? Well, that doesn't work for Him because He loves you and He loves me. So then, because He loves you and He loves me, He can just give everybody a free pass. Everybody, you're forgiven for everything. Woo, great. He could do that, but there's a problem in that. What about the people who've been hurt? How fair is that to them? It's not fair. You can't say you love me and let the people who... And by the way, we're looking at a real picture of a real child who's been hurt. But let's face it, it gets way, way worse than this. So we give forgiveness to everybody? What do we do? What's God supposed to do? Think about it. What's God supposed to do? Well, it tells you what God did in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26. It talks about God loving us all and wanting to protect us all, but we're all guilty. Paul writes, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And they're justified, in other words, forgiven by grace. Grace means something I'm doing that I don't have to do, that's just for your benefit. By grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So he's saying, through Jesus Christ, we all get out of jail free. No one gets destroyed, and no one has to die. But then, what does he do about the fact that that leaves the guilty without punishment? Well, verse 25, Jesus Christ, God put forward as a propitiation. Propitiation is a weird word. It means a way to settle the debt. Right? I've paid my debt to society. I've paid my debt to the people I've hurt. But... He offered Jesus as a way to pay the debt through Jesus' blood. How does that work exactly? Well, let's keep reading. If we receive it by faith, we have to receive the gift Jesus has given us. So, this is why gifts are good because Jesus is about gift giving. Gift giving and gift receiving, especially, are things I can get behind. Why, is, why did this happen? Well, this was to show that God is righteous. In other words, He's good to everyone because in His divine patience, His ability to put up with us, He had passed over or forgiven the former sins. It was to show His righteousness right now so that He might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. In other words, God says, everyone deserves punishment, but I want to free everyone. So what do I do? Who's going to pay the penalty? Heads have to roll. I don't like that some little kid can get blown up by a bomb just because two people are arguing over some piece of land. That's not okay. So what's God going to do about it? Someone needs to pay for this crime. So I either have to destroy everyone Or here's what I choose. I choose to take the punishment on myself. Someone has to pay. Because I love you, I'll pay. And that is why Jesus came to earth. To take the earth from where it was to where it can be. Does this make sense? You little kids tracking me? You smell what I'm cooking. I know no idea what that means. This is the whole point. Jesus will redeem the earth. Are you listening to me? Jesus will redeem the earth and make it like it was in Eden. I'm not saying he's literally going to reestablish Eden. Blah blah blah. You know, I don't know. Forget all that. The point is, he's going to set things right, and that's exciting. But. What about in the meantime? In Romans chapter 3, it says, in this present time. Well, what happens in this present time? If you're at the funeral yesterday, if you live in the Holy Spirit, if you've tasted the goodness of God, you realize what Jesus does does for us in the present time is He's not going to redeem all of creation, but He can redeem us. He's not going to set everything in the world right, but He can set us right. And if you're a Christian, and I was a Christian for years, and I never really let God set me right. Living in His Spirit. Jesus, and you feel this when you're baptized. You do. You have that rightness, and then you slowly walk away from it. If you're not a Christian, you need to get that rightness. If you are a Christian, you need to walk back to that rightness. Jesus makes me all right in anticipation of making creation all right. Does that make sense? And that's why it's important that on a specific day in history, almost 2,000 years ago, in a specific place, there was an actual baby born. And that baby was the Son of God who voluntarily lived a life that would lead up to his torture and execution to show God's righteousness that he could be just and the justifier so that he can set us right as people with the promise that one day he will come back and set everything right. That's why this is an exciting day. Thank you for the amen, Fred. Cuz I think it's ex- this happened on a specific day. This isn't some fairy tale. This isn't some philosophical exercise. This is something that our creator God did. Just like there was a day when he created the heavens and the earth, there was a day when Jesus was born on this earth so that we can be set right in anticipation of all creation being set right. That is wonderful. There's no more important thing that's happened than Jesus' birth and Jesus' resurrection. And of course we want to celebrate that. (sighs) My voice, I'm going to get a little water. And if you're wondering, yes, there is a little spittle. Just here. It's a good thing I'm wearing this mask. It's like being at a Gallagher concert. (sighs) Those three of you that get that, thank you. All right, we're going to wrap it up for today. I'm going to try to keep it short. I have no idea I'm doing on time, but I hope I'm doing all right. This is it. Turn to Colossians 1, and then we're out of here. I want you to be excited by this, because if you're not excited by this, that means you don't get it, and if you don't get it, that means you're not receiving it. And everybody in this building should receive the gift that God gave, that Jesus gave to us. If you don't get it, then get it. Read this over and over again. Read Romans chapter 3 again and again until you get it. Well, God doesn't really set us right, does He? I mean, that's a process. No! Who told you that? Jesus sets you right. You feel changed when you are baptized. That's because you are changed when you are baptized and you walk away from that point. God does set us 100% right. You with me? Not that everything is changed. Not that everything in my body and everything in the structure of my brain changes overnight. But everything is right with me at that point. And that changes how I see the world. It changes. It begins the process of Jesus transforming the world inside of me in anticipation of coming back and changing the world outside of me. You guys with me? Isn't that something to get excited about? And if you've lived like I have, (coughs) excuse me, let me try this again. If you've lived like I had as a Christian, not walking in the Spirit, and then as a Christian walking in the Spirit and allowing God to change you day by day, it's an amazing thing. Amen, wife? Amen. God's doing miraculous things in my family, in all the families around here. But you know what else is going on? Satan doesn't like what we're doing here. And members are coming under attack. Left and right. It's nothing to be afraid of because Jesus gives us victory. All we have to do is make it through Satan's temptation. And like Jesus did... Spit facts from God's Word back in Satan's face and endure the temptation. You with me? I know I'm going down a rabbit hole. What do you think? I was going to go a sermon without doing that? You must be mad. All right, I promise I'll wrap it up after Colossians here. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light... What does that mean? The inheritance is we inherit perfection as God perfects us and then Jesus comes back and redeems creation and we're not the people that get burned out. We're the people that get raised up. We're not the ones who need punishment, who didn't grab their get out of jail free card. We're the ones that grabbed it and we stand with Jesus in the redemption of the universe. If this is all too heady for you, well, take a moment, breathe deep, think about this. All right, here we go. Christ has delivered us from the domain of darkness, and the domain of darkness is who we're really fighting against. All the sins you keep committing, all all the things people are doing to you, that's the domain of darkness trying to thwart God's plans, which is impossible to do. It's just a matter of where are you going to stand. Are you going to stand with God or with the forces of darkness? And He transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, which is the forgiveness of sins. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's the first to be perfect in all of creation, and we are all to follow. Does that make sense? For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all these things were created through him and for him. Wait a minute, I thought he was born 2,000 years ago, Steve. You're messing with my head. I'm not messing with your head. You're trying to put God into four dimensions that he created. God doesn't care about time. You with me? God doesn't care about time. This was all created through Jesus, for Jesus, by Jesus, even, as you notice, thrones and dominions and rulers. What does that mean? Well, that's deep. We're not going to get into that today. That'll take an hour. We're moving on, though. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things. What does that mean? Before all things in time? Before all things of importance? Yes. That's exactly all those things. And in Him, all things hold together. What holds the universe together? Gluons? No. On some level, gluons are involved, but on a deeper level, Jesus Christ holds the structure of the universe together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. He was just the first. And if you were here yesterday you should have seen the confidence that everyone had. That Devon and Ellen would also be on that list of people who are raised from the dead. Jesus was just the first. That in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things. What does that mean? It means... The world is messed up. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I'm going to fix it. Through Jesus, God reconciled Himself to everyone and to creation. Is that because God messed up? No, it's because we messed up. And yet, He's still paying the price. That's a beautiful thing. That's the most beautiful thing. And it happened, it started, the process started 2,000 years ago, and that's a good thing to remember. Um... Whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross, and you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh, not some on, on some theoretical level. It's because a man with an actual heart, an actual skull, actual lungs, Was nailed to a piece of wood, tortured to death for me and you. And that person was God in the flesh. It's not some mental exercise, it's something that happened 2,000 years ago. In order, why did he do this? To present you all holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Why did he do that? Well, That's what those slides were about. Because we caused a problem, and He loves us and us to solve it, and to take the thing we deserve on Himself just so He can keep giving to us the life He tried to give to us at the beginning. And so it is absolutely a good thing to remember that there was a day 2,000 years ago where a man named Yeshua was born in Bethlehem. His parents were from Nazareth. And according to Scriptures, he was born and he lived the life that he he was predicted to live and he died the way he was predicted to die and he rose again on the third day as it was predicted he would, as he said he would. And therefore, no matter how things are right now, that's a pretty big sign of how things are going to be. And is that exciting? It is! And so, while I don't recommend or endorse celebrating Sol Invictus, the rebirth of Mother Earth. I do endorse using this time, even though we know Jesus was born in March, April-ish during the Passover. So we know it wasn't in December. But we can take this time while every while the world is thinking about Jesus, we can use that to Jesus' glory, yes? To say, yeah. Since you're celebrating Christmas, do you know why you're celebrating Christmas? Because for 2,000 years, Jesus has changed the way the universe operates. And that's impacted everyone on this planet. Uh Uh-oh. Houston, we have a problem. So, let's celebrate Jesus' life together and thank God that he sent his son to us. Let's actually pray. God, thank you for sending your only begotten son to this earth on a specific day so that you can make things right that you had no hand in making wrong. Father, we thank you for trying to for creating a world that is perfect and for sending your son so that we can be perfect. In anticipation of You redeeming all creation. Father, be with everyone who's hearing my words right now, and be with me that we can fully understand and appreciate what it is that You've done for us and what Jesus did in His 33 years here on earth so that we can be grateful for what You've done and not treat this magnificent gift so poorly so shamefully that we go, oh, well, that's just another sin. Father, forgive us for thinking that way, and we're thankful that through your Son we have the forgiveness of our sins. Father, help us to let go of the things, the gifts of this world that are just a trap so that we can hold on to the gift that you gave us so that you can transform us from the inside out into the perfect creatures that we were always meant to be. These things we pray through your Son, Jesus. Amen. If you're not a Christian this morning, God will perfect you from the inside out. If you are a Christian this morning, I want you to to start over again. It's never too late to start over. If you don't need to start over, fine. Shut your ears. But it's never too late to start over and say, okay, God, I'm going to let you change me because I keep trying to be my own boss and it's not working. Change me So that I can, my family when I go, they can look at me like Devon and Ellen's family looked at them and say, they're getting their reward because they walked in the light. And that's not so that your kids can be happy, it's so that you can have those years, 70 years of marriage, walking in the light, becoming closer and closer to that person, instead of watching movies or TV or YouTube or social media or whatever, shopping around for somebody better than God gave you. And don't tell me you're not doing that. God gave you the person you're supposed to have, and he wants to take those years and years and years and make you both more perfect so that you can have the relationship Adam and Eve were meant to have. See, that was a bit personal. I'm sorry. It got real quiet in here. But you know, that's what Satan wants us to do. God gives us perfect gifts. Satan wants us to throw them out the window. And we need to repent. And maybe what I was saying to you, hit too close or maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. That's not for me to judge. What I do know is God wants to transform you and your whole life so that as you grow in years, your life begins to look more and more like the life Adam and Eve had before they disobeyed God. If you need to be baptized for that today, please come forward. If you want prayers of the church, none of us are perfect. Stop acting like you're perfect. Let's pray together. Let's help each other out. Amen? All right, come forward while we stand and sing this song.